Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening to our special joint broadcast on Zoom into Books with our friends at Headline Books and the Big Time Talker podcast, uh, which is on all the podcast platforms. Thanks to our show sponsor, SpeakerMatch.com, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. If you're a meeting planner or platform speaker, get together and find one another at SpeakerMatch.com. Our guest on the show today, Craig Can, has done more than his fair share of platform speaking and he talks about one of America's favorite pastimes quite often, uh, golf. You may have uh, recognized Craig from his many years at the Golf Channel, and he joins us from his palatial Florida estate. Craig Can, thanks for being here. Hey, it's good to be with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Congratulations on the book. It's uh, uh, Can You Get Our Attention? And you spent a whole life doing that, so <laughs> let's go way back. In my room, I had gotten... Uh, a tape recorder and a microphone from my parents. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to broadcast my own game. So I set up in my room, orange shag carpeting, by the way, and a a real cool, you talk about palatial, real cool room. And uh, I made up my own games. I was a big fan of the Bears, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, the White Sox, they're my team. Um, And so I broadcast my own games. I made them up. Um, my friends could come over. They could be the color commentator, but they couldn't get the microphone out of my hand. And um, I did all of those when I was a kid. That's kind of where I knew I wanted to do that. And then uh, when I was about 13 years old, 12 years old, I decided that the sports pages in Chicago, uh, the Sun-Times and the Tribune weren't doing an effective job of promoting the teams that I liked. So I decided to write my own sports page. So the Craig Can sports page was authored by me. I hand wrote a bunch of stuff, statistics and all these other things, commentary, drew some pictures, went down to the local library, made photocopies. And then whether people wanted it or not, I hand delivered one to their front doorstep just on my block in the square of my block. They got a copy of the Craig Can sports page. So um, kind of from my youngest days, I I had the dream and I, I guess I was a marketer as well. And I authored my own newspaper. So that's kind of where it all started. But um, my sportscasting career, you know, evolved over time, choosing to to do that as a major in college and then uh, local TV for eight years before I ended up at Golf Channel. You know, you grew up in a great broadcasting town. Do you remember any of those broadcasters you listened to as a kid? Can you drop some names of great Chicago radio or, or TV people? Well, you know, the one thing about it, I mean, I always remember Steve Dahl was a, a disc jockey that, you know, he was pretty famous because he did the, uh, the disco, disco demolition. demolition. Yes. He lived actually in my neighborhood, just up the street. And, uh, and so, um, you know, he was a guy that I, I thought about, um, Chuck Swirsky was a guy who was a, a sportscaster back then doing a lot of radio. He's, he's now play-by-play voice in the NBA. Jim Durham was the voice of the Bulls, and he was a hero of mine. Um, there, there are a lot. I mean, I, I followed every sportscaster in town. Johnny Morris was at Channel 2, and uh, Tim Weigel uh, now has passed away, but he was there. Chet Kopik was a, a big name in the town, Mark and Greco. And when I was a kid, I called all of them. Um, to find out how they got there. I mean, I, I was never shy. I was always um, pretty confident enough to pick up a telephone and say, hey, um, here's who I am. Here's what I want to do. And how can how can I get there? You know, I, I kind of took every one of those phone calls as a badge of honor and an opportunity to learn from people that I respected and watched on TV or listened to on the radio. I just I just loved it. And it was a passion of mine. I I played three sports in high school, football, basketball, and baseball. And I thought I was going to be, you know, a pretty decent basketball player. My junior and senior year, uh, we were really, really good. 
And um, I wasn't going to play that much. I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I mean, you could put a uh, this underneath my vertical jump. I could shoot pretty well, but I wasn't real quick. And, uh, and so I had some liabilities. And I had this opportunity um, senior year. They were only going to dress 12 out of the 15 of us for each game. So I wasn't going to dress for every game. And they offered me this opportunity at WLTL, the radio station there, to do play-by-play. And I was like, wow, uh, this is pretty cool. I get to do X number of games. And I said, just out of curiosity, like if I wasn't on the team, would I be able to do them all? And they said, absolutely, you would. So I, I, I thought about it. And, um, and I wrote about this in the book as well. I ended up quitting the basketball team. I had a big conversation with the coach. who was a legend, Ron Nikovich. And um, I said, you know, I've got this dream, this passion, and they're offering me this opportunity to do play-by-play. I don't think I'm going to play a lot for you. This is what I want to do with my life. And so I'm quitting. And the coach looked at me and he said, uh, and I remember this kind of like it was yesterday. He said, you know, a lot of people have quit. I've never had anybody quit with a purpose. And um, he said, I'll help you however I can. You'll be terrific up there. And uh, if I can help in any way, just let me know. And so I had a tape already before I went to the University of Missouri, which was a great journalism school, terrific broadcasting school. And that that's where I went. And, and off I went and spent four years there. And and it really prepared me to, to do what I'm, you know, kind of known for uh, my time at the Golf Channel and, and doing TV. You talked about being best known for, for your work at the Golf Channel. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't mention that you were a golfer in high school. So how does Craig Can from Chicago become a golf guy? Well, I never played on the golf team. I wasn't that good um, in high school. And I'm not saying I'm that good now or was ever that good. I mean, the best my handicap ever was was a about a 4.5. Although I will say, and it ties into this week, my best round of my life, which is not my lowest score, was a 74 at Whistling Straits with a bogey at the 18th hole. So I'm pretty proud what? of that. I made everything that day. And uh, do you have any photographic proof of that? Or is there a. I've got anything? three witnesses. I've got three witnesses. All right. Um, but I didn't play the same tees they're going to play this week. And um, it was windy that day. I got I to gotta say that it was windy, but I made every putt I looked at. And, uh, and I, I didn't, you know, uh, pick up any balls, you know, four feet from the hole or anything like that. So um, I just, I just loved the game. You know, I was in college and I had my clubs with me and uh, that was my high school graduation gift was a set of sticks. And I took those to college and, you know, on some of our off time, I had buddies in my fraternity house and we played some golf. And then when I graduated, my first job out of school was in Columbus, Georgia, and they had uh, a golf tournament there, PGA Tour event in Callaway Gardens, which I was able to spend some time covering that. And then um, the next year, uh, the next stop, excuse me, was in Fort Myers, Florida, Naples, and they had a PGA Tour Champions event with all the big guys, you know, Palmer and Nicholas and Trevino. And I covered that for our station as a part of the team at WINK, the CBS affiliate. So um, when I moved to Kalamazoo Grand Rapids, which was my next stop, they as well had a PGA Tour Champions event. And so my tape, my resume tape had a bunch of me covering golf. So when the Golf Channel started and my agent sent the tape there, I had enough stories and interviews and different things that kind of set me apart a little bit, probably from some of the other people that were, you know, sending their their resume reel uh, off to try to get a job at the Golf Channel. So when I got that phone call uh, from my agent who said they're interested in you, I think that helped me. And that's that's where the love affair really began with the game. And obviously, 18 years at Golf Channel, I've I've covered a lot, seen a lot, done a lot. I've been truly blessed. I mean, there is no way 
I'm sitting here talking to you. To be honest, I don't know that that I could write, you know, this book and have it do what it's done on Amazon and with some of the other awards that Headline Books has helped submit me for. Um, I, I don't think any of that happens if I'm not a Golf Channel uh, employee for 18 years being a part of that. Craig Can is our guest today on the Big Time Talker podcast and Zoom into Books. Um, you know him from the Golf Channel. You may listen to a show on, on SiriusXM connected with Craig Can. The, um, the life of a young sports broadcaster bouncing around out of college. You must have some amazing stories of what happens to you in Kalamazoo and Columbus, Georgia. What's that like to be a guy in his mid-20s doing that? I mean, you're living the dream, right? This is what you wanted to do, but yeah. there must have been some crazy things that happened. What's you the- know, it, it was fantastic. I mean, um, number one, I, I think uh, you have to pay your dues. And long before I ever was a full-time anchor anywhere, I was a videographer, I was a tape editor, I was right. a reporter, I was a one-man band on a lot of stories where I would go out and set up my own live shot and do different things and help others and all of that. And I, I, I learned a lot. I mean, I was in Columbus, Georgia for a year. Uh, I was at the CBS, or excuse me, I was at the ABC affiliate. Reese Davis from College Game Day fame was at the... Uh, was at the CBS affiliate. And then when I was in Fort, My- Fort Myers in Naples, um, I was at the CBS affiliate. We had a lot of talented people in that market, um, ju- just a lot of talented people. Hoda Kotby was at uh, the station I worked at, and I got to anchor with her on the weekends a couple of times, which was terrific. Really enjoyed my time there. And, uh, you know, I mean, we just covered a lot of things. You know, when I was in, when I was in um, Fort Myers in Naples, we, we went to Tallahassee for Florida State games. We covered Florida. We went to Miami for hurricane games and Dolphins games. You know, I was at the Catholics versus the convicts game on the sideline. And uh, the next day at the Jets and the Dolphins, and I covered the Buccaneers. I was lucky enough to go to Super Bowl 25 in Tampa. So a lot of different things. And and um, I would say, honestly, when I was in Kalamazoo Grand Rapids, that's where I kind of found myself. That was my first opportunity to anchor full, full time, you know, with the other stations, I was shooting a lot of video, just glad to be a part of it, helping guys out and doing feature reporting and whatnot. But I didn't get to anchor as much as, as I had hoped for or would have liked, but I loved my job. I loved the people that I got to work with. And I'm not just talking about my station. It was all the stations. You become kind of a, a family, um, you know, as everybody's kind of working their way up the ladder, everybody kind of wants to help each other out. There's competition, sure, for, you know, whatever you're covering, but but you're all there together. Kalamazoo Grand Rapids was terrific because of the golf, because of uh, traveling with Western Michigan University's football team and basketball team, doing some play-by-play. Uh, same thing with uh, covered Notre Dame, Michigan, Michigan State. You know, got to, got to do a lot of really neat things, the Lions and the Tigers, so um, I was I was very fortunate, you know, if I had any regret and I, I do talk about this in the book, if I had one regret, it might be that I didn't go full time the play by play route. And, um, you know, that was the dream. And that was what, what I was doing in my in my bedroom many years ago, uh, growing up in Chicago. When I was at the Golf Channel, actually, I did play by play for three years and um, I did a bunch of uh, LPGA events and. Um, some events on what's now the Corn Ferry Tour. And I did Thursday, Friday coverage of some PGA Tour events. And as the story goes, I, I was working with another guy. We split it. The Golf Channel only had about 32 events at that time. And they had two of us doing the play-by-play. And then all of a sudden I got called in and they said, Craig, we want one person, one voice to do our play-by-play. 
And, and we'd like to know if you're interested in that. I said, wow, that's going to be like 32 weeks on the road. Um, and I had young kids and family and, and I was, I was like, well, what am I going to do the other, you know, 20 plus weeks? They said, well, you'll be anchoring golf central, the main show in the studio. So then my mind starts spinning and I think I'm going to be working every weekend. And that, that became difficult. And so I took a pass on that. Ultimately, you never know where you're going to be. If I would have said yes, but I became full-time studio and did a lot of things that way. So um, wish I'd done a little bit more play-by-play, but you know, I, I love what I did. I got to be a part of so many cool things. Craig Can is our guest. If you happen to be scrolling through your Facebook live feed and, and you catch us, uh, this is also going to be broadcast on our big time talker podcast. Thank you to headline books and zoom into books. We're talking about Craig and his book. Can you get our attention, which is an Amazon bestseller. Congratulations on that. By Thank the way. you. Thank you. Um, and uh, he's also got a, a, a serious XM show called connected with Craig can that uh, airs every week. So, the Golf Channel, if I have this correct, if Wikipedia is correct, and they're never wrong, you were one of the original on-air people there. Yeah. I, I'm trying to wrap my head around a guy who's got a pretty good gig in Michigan, not too far from where you grew up. It's mm-hmm. drivable to go home and see mom and dad. And somebody comes to you and says, hey, listen, we're going to do golf 24-7 yeah. on TV. What can go wrong? This will be great for you. So what, what are you thinking? I mean, that must've been uh, a tough call for you. Well, well, I'll tell you what, uh, when I got the call, uh, they flew me down. I was very interested. They flew me down first class. Now they flew me back coach. They flew me back coach. What does that tell you? Yeah, I know. Believe me. It was, uh, (laughs) it's something I still talk about today. I I still get a chuckle out of that guy by the name of Mike Whalen. And I, I write about all my influencers in the book, the people that have helped me along the way. I mean, we don't get to where we are without the help of others, you know, and being a part of a team. And um, it's never really about you. It's about others who've given you opportunities to try to showcase yourself and make the most of those opportunities, I believe. And so I I looked at the Golf Channel as this huge, massive opportunity. I don't know how many tapes. Mike Whalen will be able to tell you the story. Um, But as he puts it, a thousand, you know, a couple thousand, whatever it was. And um, he gave me 24 hours to make a decision. I remember I remember being at a Chili's payphone, calling my wife at the time and said, hey, um, I got this opportunity to be uh, one of the reporters and hosts on the Golf Channel. Um, she said, you know, come on home. Let, let's talk about it. I go, I, I've got 24 hours to make a decision. I mean, it wasn't a lot of time. So um, I looked at it this way. That's uh, an opportunity that doesn't fall in the laps too often um, of, of a lot of people. And I, I felt like this was an amazing chance to, to try to grow myself. And be at a network level, you know. Um, golf was growing. Um, there was this guy named Tiger Woods who was a great amateur. You kind of thought something might happen with him. Arnold Palmer was one of the co-founders. I just felt like I had to take it. So yes, uh, not to go NHL on you, but I was one of the original six in the studio, and um, I'm really proud of that. I mean, um, it was a gift. There's no question about it. To this day, I thank Joe Gibbs and Arnold Palmer for that opportunity and the uber talented people that I got to work with that were a part of that team at the very beginning. I mean, they helped me a lot. I learned from everybody. Craig can is our guest and the book is, can you get our attention? And Craig does a lot of, of helping people to brand their businesses and themselves uh, through his uh, can advisory group. You, um, you did the golf channel gig for how many years? 
Um, I was there 18. I was there from the launch in 1995. Um, I was I left in 2011. Uh, I got a phone call from uh, Mike Wan at the time, the commissioner of the LPGA, who said, uh, you're probably going to think I'm nuts, uh, but uh, I'm interested in you potentially coming and joining my executive leadership team and being a part of taking the LPGA to the next level as its chief communications officer. Um, you know, Jobs in the C-suite at an executive level in sports, I felt like don't land in, in the lap of a guy who reads teleprompters and wears makeup for a living. It just doesn't happen like that. And yeah. I felt, again, like I, I was given this blessing, this opportunity that would stretch me. You know, I didn't know if I could do it. I knew what I knew about media. I knew that I could speak in front of people. I'm pretty good at sharing a message. Uh, I feel like I, I'm a pretty good leader, and I, I felt like it was a chance to maybe go where I didn't know if I could succeed, and I thought that was a cool thing, and so I left there after 18 years, um, some real special moments. You know, to this day, people always ask me, what, what stands out about your time at Golf Channel? Well, I got to fly in a plane with Arnold Palmer. That was pretty cool. I've been to the White House twice. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I uh I was there to interview Tiger Woods in the locker room one-on-one -on -one when he won the Masters, uh, the first go-around in 1997. I was there when he won the U.S. Open on a broken leg in 2008. I was the only anchor in the studio the day after Thanksgiving when he crashed into a fire hydrant and his life changed forever, and so did golf. And um, that's just a little bit of what I got to see and what I got to do. The LPGA job was, was a chance for me to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, and lead people and learn uh, some things about myself that I, I didn't know was coming. So I spent five years there. I left after the uh, Rio Olympic Games in 2016. I was on a committee to help bring golf back to the Olympics, a communications committee. That was, that was a cool opportunity. And I got to go to Rio and host the press conferences for the best athletes in the world um, in golf. And uh, I just... I just always also had this itch to kind of do my thing. You know, I'd been doing media coaching. I'd done a lot of seminars, a lot of workshops, a lot of executive training on public speaking and branding and learning how to present the story. And um, I wanted to do something with that. And I wanted to be able to give back. And so uh, I took a risk. Honestly, I, I did. I, I threw all my eggs in the basket of Can Advisory Group and said, I'm going to go out and speak. I'm going to coach. I'm going to teach. I'm going to preach. And I'm going to share what I know and try to help others learn to present not only the story of the organization they work in or with, but learn to present the best of themselves. And um, so Can Advisory Group is all about elevating communication. And that's that's what I do now. I'm, I'm off to Boston in just a couple of days to do a workshop for an executive team in sales. And um, I've been doing webinars all through the pandemic of coaching people how to use this little camera to sell and pitch and promote and uh, present. And it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm having a blast doing it. And you're no longer wearing makeup, I see. Every now and again, I'll throw a little on just to get myself back in my comfort zone. Uh, but not today. I decided to go no makeup today for you. <laughs> you still look good, man. Uh, Craig Can, our guest, the Can Advisory Group is the company. The book is Can You Get Our Attention? Hey, you said something that I wanted to dial back to a little bit. Okay. And that is this concept of when you, you join the LPGA of uh, deliberate discomfort and how important that is yeah. in and personal development. So talk to me about that. And, and what was tough for you about that gig? Yeah, I had a career coach, um, uh, a lady by the name of, of Karen Arp, and uh, she helped me a lot. Um, she told me once upon a time um, that success is not all about what you achieve, but it's about what you survive. 
And I think that's true. You know, uh, success doesn't come in a straight line. Everybody has a different definition for success. I gave you one there. Um, I think success is about doing and providing for others and helping them find the way, you know, where maybe some people uh, don't think they could get, you know, quite, quite frankly, um, our best successes, the, the biggest achievements we've probably all had in our life have not come from inside our comfort zone. I don't think so anyway. I mean, if I look back at some of my things I'm most proud of, it's when somebody told me you can't do this, you're not going to be able to achieve this. I didn't know if I could write a book and look, we're sitting here today and I'm talking about a book that has won what, four or five awards that yeah. I, I never saw coming. You know I mean? You can write something like this. It takes two years to get this thing done, or at least it took me that much time, a lot of writing, a lot of research, a lot of storytelling, a lot of looking at it and all that. But I stretched myself outside my comfort zone. You know, you write your life down, your journey on paper, and you start looking at your building blocks and the things that have happened in your career. And at times you're like, man, I overcame that. I did that. I, I achieved this. I failed here. And failures are hugely important. I mean, I've been told no a lot of times in, in running my own business and made some mistakes along the way and, and learned some things. So I just think it's really important for people to get comfortable with that idea and, and not um, be so geared toward everything coming easy because it just doesn't work that way in life. The book, if you want to pick it up, is called Can You Get Our Attention? Craig can slaved over it for two years uh, in betwixt and in between doing his tracks to success podcast and his series XM show called connected with Craig can. Hey, can we talk golf for a few minutes before, uh, before we wrap it up here? Sure. Whatever you know you something want, of that sport, you know, something of that sport. Um, the perception of golf amongst a lot of folks who don't play is that it's still to this day, you know, this is a rich person sport. Um, and, and I wonder if, if that or something else you believe is the biggest challenge facing the sport of golf, what is the biggest challenge? Isn't oh, that that's a great question. I think there are multiple challenges. I mean, right now there's a, there's kind of a debate, if you will, a conversation going on between the governing bodies within the game and, um, the manufacturers about distance is distance taking over the game, all of that sort of stuff. Um, I think uh, if you were to say, Craig, what's the biggest challenge? I think uh, it, it's part inclusion and people being able to afford the game or take part in the game. Being introduced to the game is a really big thing. The other part of it is I don't think there's another sport out there that has a bigger intimidation factor um, from going from a lesson T, right, a coaching experience where you're first right. learning the grip and the swing and all that, and then suddenly going to the first T uh, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, on a Saturday and saying, I'm going to play 18 holes of golf or nine with a cart right behind you with potentially four men or four experienced players, male or female that are kind of right up your shirt sleeve. Right. And you're nervous. And the, 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 uh, the stress of that is very difficult. So I think learning the game is, is a big, a big challenge for people. We can talk about top golf and all those kinds of places as maybe, uh, fun spots or introductory places, but the coaches, the instructors have the biggest challenge. They need to not only be able to recruit people to play the game, but they have to retain people to stay in the game as well. And it's not an easy sport to play. You know, as we all get older, we get ailments. I've had two shoulder surgeries and my handicap's not a four anymore. And I find myself with little time to play. Um, but we've got to get people to experience the sport and find ways to be out there, to be enjoying it, 
We have to find ways for country clubs and golf courses to not just be places to play 18 or nine holes, but to be hubs of entertainment. That, that's a big thing. And then at the professional level, you know, this is something not all of our, our viewers or, or audience would, would really understand as much. But, you know, everybody talks a lot about grow the game, grow the game, grow the game. And I've been on committees uh, through my time as the chief communications officer. And we talked about that ad nauseum. And that was a big narrative. But we need more storytellers of the game. We need more journalists covering the game. And newspapers around the country are dying and beat writers are going away. And there's more blogs and people on social media. We need people to cover the game and to be able to promote the game. That's a really big thing. I think teachers, instructors, the many great PGA and LPGA professionals that are out there instructing people, they play a big role in that. Um, I think we need to find golf courses that have three holes, not nine, and give kids a little experience with a par three, a par four, and a par five, um, a plain lesson, if you will. That would be really cool. So man, I've got a lot of ideas. Um, getting them implemented is not implemented is not the easiest thing in the world, but uh, I hope my passion for the sport comes through because I do love it, and I love talking about it and the people. They're fabulous. Um, from the from the top of the tree as the best professionals in the world, all the way down to the people at the grassroots level who help instruct and bring new kids into the game. There are you know a handful of, of superstars that that break through, even if you're not into golf on the men's side. You know the Arnold Palmers, the yeah Nicholas, the the Tiger Woods. How important do you think it would be to have a, a superstar, you know, household name on the women's side? How much would that elevate women's golf? Well, we've had that before. Uh, Nancy Lopez comes to mind. Annika Sorenstam comes to mind. Uh, Michelle Wee comes to mind. I mean, if you were going to talk about somebody that's a that's a name, um, you know, of that elk, you, you would certainly think Michelle Wee. Um, she was recently an associate captain for the Solheim Cup, um, now married and, and has a child and so not playing as much. And, and maybe to some people, she didn't uh, achieve everything that they thought she was going to achieve. Heck, she was playing with the men on the PGA Tour at 13 and um, obviously had, had great notoriety through Nike and other platforms. I, I'm just not so sure that it's a mandate that that it has to be that way where there's one dominant player. I don't think it hurts. Let's put it that way. I mean, right now, if you follow women's golf, the Corda sisters are a pretty big deal. Jessica Corda and her sister Nellie. Nellie won the gold medal. Jessica and Nellie both were on the Solheim Cup team. They're both multiple winners and uh, have, have already had great careers and they're young, you know. Um, would it be great if they had a Tiger Woods type of athlete? Uh, sure. And it really doesn't matter what country. Uh, the LPGA is a global product. Women's golf is a global game. Uh, there are great talented players from Asia and from Europe and from so many different countries. I found that out in my worldly travels with the LPGA. Um, but I, I don't think it would hurt. I don't think it's a mandate, but I don't think it would hurt. Um, the biggest thing the women's game needs right now is network attention. And I don't care if it has to be a time buy from somebody with deep pockets or, or whatever, but uh, they need to have those superstar athletes in front of more eyeballs. That would really help. Craig Can is our guest today. The book is called Can You Get Our Attention? It's from our friends at Headline Books. It's won a bunch of awards. It's an Amazon bestseller. Check out Craig online at uh, the Series XM show. If you happen to listen in your car or on your Alexa device, it's connected with Craig can and the podcast just tracks to success. That was an interesting part of, of the, you know, process. I wanted to put photos in there. Um, 
you know, I talked in the book about all the ways you can stand out uh, building a brand and all the things that I talk about in my background with um, media relations, media training, social media, uh, strategic communication, brand building, all, all those sorts of things. And uh, one of the biggest topics in the book is about storytelling and the value of not only knowing your story, but learning to tell it, being confident enough to share it, realizing there's relevance in it, and that people care more than you would think. I mean, I start every one of my keynote speeches and my, my workshops with a, you know, bringing somebody up in front of the room and asking them the same question, who are you and why should we care? Why should we pay attention? And, you know, I do it for a couple of reasons, not to embarrass anybody, but they quickly prove most of the time that they don't have an answer, a true, real defined answer. I don't tell them they got one minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. Um, they don't know where to go. They, they hem and they haw a little bit. And so that's the first thing it does is it tells everybody, hey, you need to think about it. Because the minute I ask one person, the second thing that I try to achieve happens. Everybody in the audience says, uh, boy, oh boy, he's going to ask me next. I better better come up with my answer. What am I going to say? <laughs> and I, at that point, um, I've got everybody's attention. I've got everybody's attention. And that's kind of where the title of the book came. Kathy Teets, to her credit, told me when I started writing the book, Craig, we'll worry about the title later. I said, no, 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 no. I got the title. The title is Broadcasting Your Story. She goes, I just hold off on that. Wait, because you'll probably change it once you write the book. I wrote the book and I changed the title. Um, there's a couple people you, you might know over there on the right, Condoleezza Rice, that's in B Park up at the top. And myself with um, Mike Juan, the commissioner of the LPGA, Lydia Coe's there as well um, to uh, my right and on the left of that photo uh, with NB. But it, it's, um, it's really important that people understand that we're in a time and a, and a society where there's a lot of noise. We are bombarded by advertisements and marketing messages, almost 250 marketing messages a day. You know, so our, our mind is, we can only, we only have so much bandwidth, Burke. I mean, like, like it's, it's difficult. Um, so we have to find a way to stand out. And if I'm going to tell people about the importance and the value of knowing and sharing your story, I felt like I had to tell my own, which is why I weaved in my journey within the book of all the, the things that I talk about, all those different topics. So that's kind of it. I just, I think people, especially today when we're coming out of a pandemic and people have been furloughed or, or unfortunately let go from a job and they're trying to find their next act, if you will, or maybe a second act in life, um, it's important to be able to find a way to separate yourself from everybody else. What are your strengths? Um, where are your weaknesses? But what value can you bring to others? And we have to, we have to figure that out in our life. Someone may be watching right now, Craig, and they, they, you know, whatever, they're a truck driver in Omaha and they go, yeah, that's all well and good. You're on the golf channel, but I'm a truck driver in Omaha. Do I really need a personal brand? What say you? Well, first of all, uh, you've got a personal brand. Everybody that's, that's watching this has a personal brand. Everybody that walks into my workshop, that's another thing that I talked about earlier. If you walked into this room not thinking you have a professional brand, you're incorrect. Or a personal brand, they, they go together, they're, they're tied together. Um, if you don't believe you've got one, you've cut your legs out from underneath you before we ever get started in our conversation. Our brand is not necessarily what happens when you and I are talking. It's what happens when I leave and you leave this Zoom interview. What are people going to think? What are people going to say to other people? What are people going to tell people about what you and I said? Um, if you look at my social media platform or anybody else's, what are the last 10 tweets or the last 10 posts say? 
Is there a pattern? And we have to think about how we want to be perceived and how we want to be talked about because society dictates that we're going to be talked about anyway. Everybody, we live in a gossip-filled society. Word of mouth marketing bigger than ever. Not every company has a $2 million marketing budget. I know mine doesn't, you know? So I'm going to ride social media into the ground until somebody tells me it's pay-per-post or pay-per-view. So we've got to have this ability to have a clear, concise, repeatable, shareable message that people can relate to. And our job, now hear this, our job in a society of tons of distraction is to be that one person who can get people's attention and get them to focus. That is our challenge, no matter what we do, whether we're selling something or selling ourselves. It really is sort of in today's world, especially kind of reaching inside that screen and, and shaking them and saying, hey, mm-hmm. pay attention because there's so much noise out there. Hey, let's look at a couple more of these photos. What are we seeing now on yeah. the, the uh, Zoom into Books uh, well, broadcast? You know, I talked about being on the committee uh, for the Rio Olympic Games. Uh, we did press conferences at multiple LPGA events. Um, I got to be a part of that. That's the International Golf Federation backdrop there. Um, the photo everybody's looking at on the right with uh, players from various uh, various countries and uh, some Olympic athletes as well and uh, LPGA Hall of Famers. And then on the left-hand side, that's me down in Rio uh, conducting a press conference there with Lydia Ko. Uh, try to keep it fun every time, right? I mean, it's just golf. And I used to tell the players, when you go into that press room, I want you to forget for a minute about the 66 that you just shot, because to be honest, nobody really cares. I mean, you've got your name on your bag for a reason. They expect you to shoot 66. What I need you to tell them is why they should care about you. Why should I, if I've got my family or somebody else that's got their two kids, it goes to a golf tournament. Why should they grab the tee sheet with 155 players and spend 15, 30 or an hour walking around watching you? What's the value in you? What will you deliver? What memory will you give those kids? How will you shape their experience there? That's what's important. And you've got to know what your story is. This is the Tracks to Success podcast where I've interviewed a whole lot of people, inspiring people, inspiring stories. I mean, my whole thing that I really enjoy is talking with other people. I mean, I'm having a blast talking to you. Sometimes, you know, you just need to tell me to shut up. Um, I'm good, uh, by the way, when producers and directors are talking to my ear. But I, I like to, to be able to put people on their platform. And let them share their story. I mean, I've interviewed college football coaches. Dan Mullen, Florida Gators, was one of my guests. Uh, Stephanie Abrams, Mike Tirico, um, meteorologist for the Weather Channel and obviously NBC Sports. Joe Buck was on. Um, I've interviewed um, stand-up comics at the top of their craft. Um, as I said, broadcasters. I've interviewed the only, only guy that's ever commanded five space shuttle missions for the United States of America. Um, I've, I've interviewed Chris Harrison of the bachelor now formerly of the bachelor. That was a a really fun interview. So just, um, kind of try to go where a lot of people don't necessarily go trying to find people who found, um, their way. Um, Mr. LinkedIn, the LinkedIn guy, Greg Burkhalter was one of my guests that can help people with social media. So for people to go on Apple or, um, Spotify or wherever they get their podcasts and check it out, there's some really cool interviews there where people get to share their stories. Colt Swindell, by the way, as well too. And, uh, Colt Ford, if you like country music. Nice. So a little bit of everything on tracks to success. That's uh, that's Craig's podcast. Uh, two final questions here of all the places you visited whether it be a favorite course or just a favorite town, 
coolest place you've gotten a chance to go to on somebody else's nickel? Well, I, I was very fortunate to be at the Masters in 1995 when Ben Crenshaw won. That was the first time the Golf Channel ever covered the Masters. And I, I drew the right stick in the media lottery to be able to play Augusta National the Monday after. That was pretty cool. Um, no warm up, and I had to start on number 10. So Amen Corner comes up real quick. I've been to Pebble Beach. I've been to Valderrama in Spain. Uh, I've been, you know, through the LPGA. I've been to Malaysia. I've been to Singapore. Um, I've been so many. I mean, I am so fortunate. Um, Thailand, you you could go on down the line. Um, The the funny thing is, Scotland overrated or no? Uh, no, not overrated at all. Not overrated at all. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, they, heck, I just won that award in Paris. I've been to Paris. I've been to France like five or six times for the LPGA. I'm a big fan. Beautiful terrain. Great country. Um, had a blast over there. Hawaii is a real special place. I've been very fortunate to, to go to most all of the islands um, that, that make up the Hawaiian islands. But if you were to say, Craig, you know, where's your kind of happy place? I had a condo for five years um, in Hilton Head. And um, I, I'm, I'm kicking myself to this day that I listened to my kids and sold it. Uh, they were tired of going on vacations there every single time that we went uh, on a vacation. Oh, we're going to Hilton Head again. I mean, it was great at first, but I love that place. I love the, the quietness of it. I love the hustle and bustle of the tournament week. And uh, I'm a big fan of, of places in the South. I'm from Chicago. It's my favorite city. But at the same time, uh, I love the, the charm of places like Charleston, Savannah, um, Hilton Head, those, those kind of places, Greenville. I was a morning radio guy in Savannah for a couple of years. There you go. And, uh, and the next time you and I are in Hilton Head at the same time, we're going to the Jazz Corner for some tunes there and you some go. Cajun food. What do you think? That'd be great. I'd love it. I'd love it. All right, Craig Can Chicago quiz. Top oh, three. Boy. You ready? Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, this is not going to be music fun. sticks or Chicago. Come on, Chicago. Um, Why? Dennis DeYoung was in uh, lived in my neighborhood in Western Springs as well. Well, he's going to be pissed now because you picked Chicago. I know, but I, I've seen Chicago in concert and I haven't seen sticks in concert. I see. All right. Very good. Uh, Nicholas or Tiger Woods. What's the what's the uh, distinction? What's the, is it best? Goat. Is it best ever or Goat. Yes. Uh, greatest, greatest of all of time? Mm-hmm. So to me, um, that's a it's a more difficult question than it than it would appear. Um, I head, think Jim. Tiger Woods is the most talented player of all time. I think Jack Nicholas is the greatest champion of all time. And I think there's a difference between the two. Um, I think Arnold Palmer is the greatest ambassador of all time. So um, that's how I would rate those. All right, final question. This is the toughest one. Are you ready? Yes. Tin cup or Caddyshack? Uh, could I say Fletch? Um, <laughs> actually, <laughs> um, Good. I, I, He's quick know, that Craig can. I have some buddies that were in Tin Cup. That's pretty cool. Uh, but I would probably say Caddyshack just because I've watched it more times. And um, Bill Murray. We'll just you leave know, Bagger Vance out. We'll just, we'll just leave that one out of the discussion. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's they're both great. They're both great, no doubt. All right, Craig Can, you've got lots happening. You have a book that is a an Amazon bestseller. Can you get our attention from our friends at Headline Books? Uh, virtual fist bump on the awards that you've won. Well Thanks, done, buddy. Appreciate yeah, that, man. Uh, tracks to success. The podcast third season begins when? 
Um, I'm, I'm starting to line up interviews now, so I, I don't know that I'm going to have it launch uh, before the end of the year, but uh, I'll be getting to it in 2022. You know, the book got in the way, if I'm being totally honest, and the pandemic and whatnot, and, you know, you, you try to refocus your energy. I started a new business during the pandemic. I proofread the book. By the way, um, one thing, I don't know if I've told Kathy Teets this, when you write a book like this, you know, you read it and you read it. You love it when you first write it. When you proofread it five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, Not so much. 12 times, you don't like it anymore. Not so much. And then you don't even know when it goes out there if anybody else is going to like it. And apparently people do. I'll say this before I go. I'll take this opportunity. You know, Kathy and Headline have been phenomenal to me. I learned so much from them. And um, I thank them uh, from the bottom of my heart for all of the work that they do of putting the book in these award uh, opportunities. You can also, and the holidays are not that far around the corner. So yes, you can go buy the book on Amazon. That's fine. But if people are watching and they're looking for a, a holiday gift, go to my website, my business website, canadvisory.com, K-A-N-N advisory.com. And you can buy the book right there. And um, you have the option of getting the book unsigned through Amazon, or you can get it signed. And I personalize every one of those. I don't just sign my name on it. Um, I don't think anybody really cares about that. But I write something in there to the person. So if it's a, it's a holiday gift that you're looking for, love to help you out. Buy a few of them, buy 10 of them, heck, buy 100 of them. I'll sign them and send them to you. That just means I got to call Kathy and get another shipment sent to me. Take care of the golfer in your life. Oh, and don't forget, Craig Sirius XM Show Weekly, connected with Craig Can on Sirius XM Channel 92. 92, very good. Craig Can is our guest today, canadvisory.com. Check him out. Thank you for being here. Hey, thank you, speakermatch.com, our show sponsor, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. Thank you, Headline Books, and thank you for watching and listening the Big Time Talker podcast and Zoom into Books. I'm Burke Allen, Craig Can. Go out there and make it a great day. Thanks, Thank everybody. You. Appreciate it, Burke.